0: You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Hey, Joe.
1: My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband. Thank you. Thank you, George. I'm so tired of trickle-down economics. I, I never found that, that trickle-down on top of my head, I was listed, I was had the great pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for thirty six years. I still hadn't making a hell of a lot more money than anybody else because I was getting a senator's salary. No kidding. I didn't think he should make me money.
2: Gotta be free the way God made men And I won't be ruled by the damn U.S. Taking your right to self-defense They say you're safer but they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. All the unions always ask for more All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've got to be free. The way God.
0: Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming to you from historic, lovely, beautiful, fairly soggy at the moment, Rome County, Tennessee. Uh, Feeling a little under the weather today, Uh, just uh, just under the weather, Uh, but didn't really feel like I could, uh, not at least give an hour of content tonight, uh, just for the purpose of making sure that the terrestrial radio stations didn't have to replay something. Which, because with so much breaking news over the last couple of days, uh, I felt like I probably should have been doing extra material instead of having to contemplate not having uh, enough for new material for all five days for the radio station. So, so I'm here. I'm going to definitely do at least one hour. I'm going to try to do a full two, uh, if. If I can get it in there. Uh, I've waited a little later in the day uh, to get started, Uh, and this is coming on the heels of uh, Doug reaching out, uh, trying to get me to uh, go back onto the last frequency and doing a live uh, broadcast there on Fridays, and I had actually been thinking about Uh, going to BTR and doing something live a slightly different uh, format uh, just for something different on Fridays that would be exclusive to the podcast that uh, probably would not be picked up by the radio stations although uh, I would offer it up but I don't think it would necessarily uh, fit with the same confines but at at any rate I'm gonna push through and there should be at the very least some bonus material. I got plenty of stuff to talk about. I mean, look at what all's happened since last time we got together. Uh, The DOJ Uh, gave every indication that it is, in fact, investigating Donald Trump for his role in the insurrection, which, yeah, come on, they know it's not going anywhere. But Merrick Garland really didn't have much of a choice, did he? He was installed to be a political hack, he professionally has always been a political hack, and uh, he's got to do the political hack things. The show trial that we've been getting in the so-called hearings was for one reason only. And that was to try and make you think about something other than the economy, right? Wanted to try and make sure that Donald Trump would be ineligible, at least in the minds of people, to run again. They want to damage Trump. They want to damage Trump's brand. They want to try to, if they can, make something criminal stick. But they know they don't have anything. They know their best evidence, their most hard-hitting evidence, was nothing more than hearsay. Which, in a hearing like that, okay, bombshell. But in a court of law, as the Justice Department is supposed to work, as the legal system is supposed to work, um, court of law, nothing, nada, they got nothing. And in fact, I think their own mentality, their own ideology, stands opposed to the idea that Trump actually did anything criminal. Well, Sam, that's crazy. They're the ones saying that he's been criminal. Well, yeah, they are the ones saying that. But they also are the ones who think that Trump is delusional. They're the ones who think Trump is the crazy guy. Never mind the fact they do not want to have a cognitive test on Joe Biden. They want to try and pretend like everything imaginable is wrong with Donald John Trump. So, is there a single one of them? Is there a single one of you out there listening right now that does not honestly believe that Donald Trump honestly believes he won in 2020. Cause I mean, I, I, I don't believe that he honestly goes around saying, you know what? I really lost. I really lost that election, but I'm just not going to give up power. No, I, I don't think that's Donald Trump's mindset. I think he genuinely believes he won. Therefore, the one thing that they have to be able to prove in order to get criminal charges against Donald Trump for any of the things involving January 6th and the so-called insurrection, they have to prove intent. And if his intent wasn't to overthrow a duly processed election, then they don't have that intent. I won the election. That's all you need to know. And I stood up for it. And that's that's it, if you believe he believes that he won the election, then you've got no intent of any criminal activity. It's not. And I don't think you're going to be able to prove it either way. They can build whatever type of case they want. They're never going to get there. They're just never going to get there. On the flip side, Donald Trump is suing some folks for deprimation, CNN included. I think that's interesting. We'll watch that, see how that goes. Um, we are officially, uh, time of the live broadcast being Thursday, July 28th, we're officially in a recession now. That's part of why I chose the, the money clip there uh, for the pre-intro music. Um, I probably will use that one again uh, starting the second hour. We'll see how far into that second hour I get, but, you know, we are officially in a recession by the most common definition, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. And, you know, we, we see the Biden administration, and we see their acolytes out there doing the, the fact-checking and the the changing of definitions because it doesn't suit their narrative. But at some point, you've got to realize, guys, I mean, They're not going to be listening to me. They're not going to take advice from me. So I don't have a problem saying it. But at some point, if you work for the Biden administration, you're going to have to recognize the fact that you've been lying. Not just misdirecting, not just spinning, but just flat out lying about a lot of stuff. And at this point, the American people, they know. You see, even if they had managed to avoid the two consecutive quarters of negative growth, if you manage to come up and say, hey, uh, we didn't grow positively, but we didn't grow negatively, so technically it's not a recession, even if we had a tiny bit of positive growth, none of that would have really mattered. Whether we're actually in a recession or not, what matters to the American people is how far their dollars are going. And right now, they're not. From just a couple of years ago to right now, our dollar bills don't go very far. That's inflationary. That is energy cost. That is the Biden economic plan. It's their policies. And I'm sorry, while Joe may not be bright enough to figure it out, his handlers know that this is indeed intentional. That's what it is. And they let the cat out of the bag every single time they talk about this transitional economy. And they keep using that phrase. What are they trying to transform it into? Uh, they're on top of a big heap, and we're all down here at the bottom being the little minions uh, and just uh, scream about for the crumbs. Uh, and Joe Biden uh, criticizing in that clip that I played at the top, Um Criticizing trickle-down economics, but that's exactly uh, the kind of a mindset that they have. Trickle-down, not the way it was derived under the actual utilization of a free market economy and letting the uh, overabundance of wealth make its way down, but in their case it's trickle-down because they get everything and they occasionally trickle down a few coins off the top of the hill. And then if they figure out that uh, we're the ones who ended up with them, they'll charge us with a crime. But, uh, you know, you can get to the bank quick enough. Maybe they'll never figure it out. It was you that found it. I I don't know. It's insane. Got this chip bill that passed. Uh, Republicans jumped on board. Uh, Not going to spend a lot of time talking about it. Because, again, you know, the recession, you're going to get plenty of folks talking about that. Probably for the entirety of the next quarter. Uh, folks are going to be hammering that, you're going to get plenty of coverage. I think you're going to see a lot of folks talking about this bill to bring uh, uh, these uh, computer chips. The uh, <laughs> Here I am drawing a freaking blank all of a sudden. But, uh, you know, the computer chips, uh, they're they're really looking at the high-end technical stuff that we've been getting from Taiwan and from Korea, but to a lesser extent. Uh, They finally realized China is a legitimate enemy. Okay, welcome to the party, guys. Some of us have been trying to warn you about that for a long time. Most of these people already knew that. They knew. They just like to try to get individually wealthy, and they figure by the time China actually makes their move, uh, they won't have to worry about it because not only will they have retired, but they'll probably have shuffled on off the mortal coil. It's a bad way to conduct personal business if you're expecting uh, open arms uh, once you uh, are face-to-face with St. Peter. But, you know, you do you, boo. I- I'm answerable for me. Uh, the re- you, you answer for you. It's just that simple. Um, it-, it is shameful. But this chip, Bill, it-, it is interesting in so much as we do need to... Uh, The term they're using is reshore. That's bring it back into the United States. We need to bring back manufacturing to the United States and not just uh, computer chips. We need to bring back all the pharmaceuticals. We need to bring back all of everything. We really do. Uh, We need to make sure that we're capable of being self-sufficient in the event that it's necessary. And that especially goes for energy policy, Joe. So, is it a good sign that now even bipartisan activity recognizes the fact that China's a threat and we need to be able to make our own freaking computer chips? Yeah, Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, But it's not such a good thing that now we're going to subsidize some of the biggest corporations on the planet to bring back their operations here and... And the worst part here, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it. There's literally nothing in this bill that would keep whatever resources are used here in the United States. Meaning they literally could go build facilities in China too. They could use U.S. taxpayer dollars. This subsidy that we will be giving these companies who have plenty enough money on their own. Who will not be doing brand new research. Will just be building plants to make Uh, semiconductors uh, that are currently on the market. Now, they are saying they're going to boost and and elevate and innovate. Nothing the government has ever put their filthy little mitts on has ever been innovation. Nothing. They get their hands on something that is innovative and they find a way to turn it into mundane. uh, And you go from uh, the hare that's leading the race to literally becoming the tortoise trying to come up from behind. Now, you may say, Tim, uh, if you'll recall, the tortoise and the hare, the tortoise wins because he's steady. And yes, in the children's tale, being steady is an admirable attribute. But, if you're capable of being consistent and being in the front of the, the class here, let's Let's not forget that it would be really good to jump out the gate and then, instead of becoming lazy along the way, uh, continue to take the best attributes of both the tortoise and the hare. Uh, That's where we have been in the past. That's what we're capable of being again. That's what we need to return to. And that doesn't get done on government subsidies, boys and girls. That gets done through free markets and enterprise. Just saying. Now, there's some lefties out there with their head exploding. Uh, also, Joe Manchin proved himself uh, this will be the last story we talk about before the uh, mid-hour break. I have a feeling because this is one of the bigger ones that I do want to spend some time on. Uh, Joe Manchin finally proved himself to be a Democrat. Evidently, after getting some uh, with some hobnobbing, uh, some, some time, FaceTime, I guess would be a good term. A uh, former top Obama economic advisor spent some time talking up the new Democratic plan with Joe Manchin just a few days before Joe Manchin came out and announced with Chucky e. Schumer that he's now on board. He is on board with this new plan. Now, the former Treasury Secretary and Obama economic advisor, Larry Summers, is who I'm talking about. And uh, Larry is the one who went over, he defended the Democrats' <coughs> new, uh, air quotes, economic package in a discussion with Senator Joe Manchin. Just days before Manchin reversed course and agreed to the bill. This according to a report from the Washington Post. If it passes, the new spending package would be the largest legislative climate investment in the U.S., the largest one that the U.S. has ever made. We're talking $369 billion U.S. Tax, taxpayer dollars. The bill would also raise taxes on billion-dollar businesses and extend Affordable Care Act subsidies. Uh, you, you heard me, right? We're going to spend an additional $369 billion dollars during recessionary times, and raise taxes during inflationary times, and then continue to build even further on the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, a.k.a. the federal government's attempt to continue to try and get a stranglehold of controlling and then later on rationing health care in America. Socialized medicine. Charlie Guard, anyone? It hasn't been a mention minute since I mentioned Charlie Guard. Seems like a good time to just throw his name out there. Now, Mr. Summers was reportedly beckoned by Democratic senators earlier this week to assure Senator Manchin that the spending package would not result in more inflation. Now, how exactly does he make that assertion when that's exactly what it's going to do? If he makes that assurance, then he is lying. And I'm sorry, I do not believe that Joe Manchin does not understand that. Because this whole time when he was saying, we're not going to do Build Back Better, I'm not going to stand here and destroy the country through Build Back Better, he knew exactly what that level of spending would do. Joe Manchin was literally, Kristen Sinema helped to some degree as well, but he was literally standing there stopping Joe Biden from finishing the job that he started with the current deluge and the destruction of our economy. If Joe Biden had been able to do all the build back better bull, okay, got to stop right there, that he wanted to do, we would be so far down the recession hole, it wouldn't even have been a question as to whether or not the GDP growth in this past quarter would have been uh, negative, or possibly break-even, or maybe slightly positive, but not enough that very many people noticed. Now, there wouldn't have been a question of it. Last quarter and the quarter previous would have been horrific. Not, not that it was very good as is, but it would have been far worse. Joe Manchin literally, well, I would say he saved the country in those moments by standing in the breach. But now he's stepping aside. And Why? Well, we'll get there in a minute. But at this point, Summers just flat out lies. He's telling, again, according to this report, telling Joe Manchin that despite this spending package being huge, it won't result in more inflation. (laughs) How does it not? Sorry, I know. I already said that. Quoting here, the two men spoke this week, and Manchin listened as Summers talked in detail about why Democrats' proposed economic package, including its energy provisions, Green New Deal, would not lead to higher prices, again according to the Post. Summers, who has repeatedly warned the Biden administration about inflation over the past year, told Politico last week that he disagreed with Manchin's concern about Democrats' tax increases adding to inflation, uh, why would you just... This guy's supposed to be an economist, right? I, me, right here, guy who studied biology. Okay? And by training, I am a biologist. Not by profession, not by what I actually uh, do with that, but by training, I am a biologist. I know enough about economics to know that during, re- during recessionary times during inflationary times, you're already in inflation, then any other additional huge spending by the government is going to add to inflation, not detract from it. I know that raising taxes, whether you're raising it directly on the populist or whether you're raising it on business, then you're still raising it on the population because guess what? No business pays the taxes. Sure, they write a check, but where does their money come from? Well, you know, maybe if you're a leftist, I might need to explain this to you. Uh, If you have recently graduated or if you're recently attending uh, public schools under the current model as it's taught, let me give you this basic premise. When an individual starts a business, they put so much of their own money or investors' money or loaned money to begin the ball rolling. Once you get started, you are looking to create a level of profitability, but your first target is to just try to break even. Most successful businesses don't actually expect to see Break-even or profitability for a minimum of three years into the business. And things have to be going really well, and the economy has to be at least decent to expect to make it in that time frame. But what happens inevitably is after you get that ball rolling, once your business is humming, you then continue to reinvest what's coming in to keep your business going. And anything from payroll to utilities to, you guessed it, taxes that your business has to pay, that has to come through the cost of your goods or services that you are providing. Meaning that every time those taxes go up, every time there are increases in the cost to pull together whatever it is you need, if you're a manufacturer and you're putting together car parts, whatever it is you're building, uh, if the price in energy costs to get it to you goes up, you can only absorb so much before you have to raise your prices. The taxes go up, then it's going to be your customer that is paying for those taxes. When energy costs go up, it's going to be the customer that pays that energy rate. That's where inflation really starts to get you. That's why this started with Biden's failed energy policies and continues to be worse because this transition into a greener energy uh, platform it just doesn't make sense I literally put up a post on social media uh, across all of the social media that I, I have a presence on uh, just saying hey look here's the deal when it comes to new energy technology, When this new technology is ready to be safe, reliable, and abundant, you won't have to push people to embrace it. You won't even have to nudge them. All you'll have to do is prove that it is what you say it is and then stand back. It will do the rest. People will embrace new energies when your technology is ready. So in the meanwhile... Stop pushing governmental policies that punish people for utilizing the carbon-based energy that we have. If you want to make the innovation, you have to utilize the safe, abundant, and economic energy that's available in the day. We, through the carbon-based energy of oil-based, petroleum-based energy reserves were capable of driving a strong economy. You let that economy then drive innovation. And it's through scientific breakthroughs. Some of it directed specifically at your energy concerns. Some of it directed at other things. And it just so happens that a side application springs out of it. That is how you drive an economy. And that is how you create innovation. You don't try to crush it and say, okay, well, now you've got to go to this green energy situation because we just won't let you have the carbon anymore. That's a recipe for disaster. And the worst part, once again, maybe Joe's not bright enough to know it. Maybe he's not checked in enough to know it. But there are at least a percentage of his handlers who are dang well aware of it, and they know exactly what they're doing. Anyway... Summers said on his uh, Politico's Playbook Deep Dive podcast, he said, quote, I think the theory that all tax increases are inflationary is not a plausible or reasonable economic theory. To suggest that it is inflationary is, I think, just wrong. In the same way that it's just wrong to suggest that. In the short run, investing in infrastructure would somehow be deflationary. Okay. So, is this his way of acknowledging that Build Back Better is, in fact, inflationary? Investing in infrastructure is exactly that, because it's the government doing it, right? Right? Depends on how much you're throwing in and other circumstances, but when you have poor economic policies in play, which the Biden administration started literally on day one, and then you start pushing huge amounts of governmental spending on top of the fact that you still have a lot of people with too many dollars chasing too few goods, uh, after that, you have to be more responsible from the governmental standpoint, you have to spend fewer dollars and you certainly don't want to start passing taxes left and right. The, the issue has never been how much revenue the government's bringing in. It's just every time they get a penny, they want to spend four more dollars. Oh, one new penny in income. Wow. We got to spend more. If you cut spending, that would be enough. You can get to a balanced budget in no time. But anyway. Raising taxes under certain circumstances may not be inflationary. There may be some circumstances out there where maybe it doesn't. But you can't use the outlier as the basis for your whole argument. It's a rare occasion when that's the truth. Not the standard... It's just more of the same modern monetary theory where, well, we don't actually have to have anything backing our currency other than our good faith in our credit. Take our word for it. This equals something. And... okay. Alright, so this past Wednesday, good old Joe Manchin appeared convinced that the bill dubbed, and get this, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Tell me, they're they're doing it again? Oh, I mean, it's not a surprise that they are, but so blatantly. Clearly, this is going to be the opposite of inflation reduction. But hey, let's call it the other thing, because we know there's some people out there that are still too dumb to figure out that every time we name it a one thing, that it's actually going to do the opposite. And some of them are still out there voting for us. In fact, here's a here's let me just throw this in right here before I go any further. There's new polling that suggests right now that Democratic voters are literally trying to separate in their own minds Joe Biden from the rest of the Democratic Party. Now it makes sense since most of the Democratic Party right now is trying to find a way to separate themselves from Joe. But in their minds, they can't admit It's that cognitive dissidence in their own mind. They will not acknowledge that they're getting exactly what they voted for. They want to believe that somehow everything that's happening, all the bad stuff that's going on under the Biden administration, is just because of Joe. Joe is singularly bad. He's singularly awful. He's just a terrible, no good, very, very bad guy. Which, it's kind of hard to imagine they didn't know that beforehand when they did vote for him. 50 years of track record in D.C., uh, you ought to be able to go back and look at something. Uh, Let's face it, you guys voted blue no matter who. You didn't care. Now you're getting what you voted for. and You do care. And now you're trying to convince yourself, well, yeah, that's Joe, but that's not the Democrat Party. Guess what? Joe Biden isn't coming up with these freaking policies this isn't the Joe Biden this is certainly not what he ran on and we've already seen evidence on occasion that some of the stuff that's going on he had no idea it was happening uh, like just for example some of the separated minors uh, on on the border uh, the families were filing lawsuits because you separated them now we were doing that legally to make sure that we could verify they were actually with a family member and rightfully so, because the cartels were pulling the uh thing to help some of these people get across the border and stay across. But they were offering up these ridiculous levels of settlement dollars, uh, in many cases for folks who had already went back home once they realized that under uh, Joe Biden and his administration, uh, things were not going to take very long to get worse here than where they are, where they came from. But... You know, eh, just a little thing. Joe didn't know that was happening. He literally said that would never happen in an interview the first time he was asked about it. Not not that it wasn't happening, that it would never happen. Joe Biden would not be willing of his own accord. Joe Biden could not imagine a time because, again, he's kind of checked out a few decades ago. That's where he's at now. He's clinging to some stuff. From when he was in the Senate, he had no idea it was happening and it's not his thing. It took them a while, not only to inform him, but to inform him that, hey, actually, yeah, you're, you're good with this. This is what, this is what we have to do now. So this is what you should do. Yeah. And, and yeah, just, just go with it, Joe. Trust us on this one. Joe Biden's not setting these policies. It is the Democratic party on hold. It is where these folks are at because you've got two branches of the Democratic Party. You've got the establishment Democrats who just want to keep the gravy train going and want to embrace socialism slowly over time because they understand that it's the uh, frog in the boiling water scenario. They're going to get us into socialism before the American people realize, oh, wait, now it's too late. Vote yourself into it. Then there's only one way to get back of it which is also why they are so adamant about taking away our guns. They don't want us to be able to fight our way back out of it. But, you know, if I say that ten times out loud, I'm inciting violence. All I'm doing is telling you what their plan is and what they're afraid of and how far they plan on taking it to the point that there will be a significant number of Americans who finally say, that's it, enough then you're going to get to see what an actual insurrection might look like. Hopefully, we take things back in the ballot box and it never gets to that point. I'm not calling for it. It's not what I want. What I want is for Americans everywhere to wake up. I want for these Democratic voters to step away from this idea that, oh, well, sure, Joe's terrible, but that's not the party. It is the party, guys. It is. It is. Listen to the Justice Democrats for two seconds and then go back and listen to the establishment Democrats and realize those two are fighting and squabbling over who's going to have control of the party itself here in a little bit. But most of the establishment folks are scared to death to call out the Justice Democrats uh, too publicly. They won't harsh them down. They won't put them in their place. And they won't tell them that there's no room for socialism in America. And that's because they don't believe there's no room for socialism in America. They want socialism because they think they're going to be on top. And so the negative aspects of socialism is never going to touch them. And for some of them, they're probably right. That's why we, the people, have to make sure we never get to that point. (coughs) Excuse me. Now, Manchin's reversal here, of course, comes after he literally shut down the Democrats' attempts at pushing through Biden's agenda just in recent weeks, as they were trying again. And reportedly told Democratic leaders that he would unequivocally refuse to support legislation related to climate change and tax increases. Why? Because, again, in West Virginia, the climate change, the Green New Deal stuff, really hurts his state's economy. And the tax increases is terrible policy when you are in inflationary times, and especially when you're in recessionary times, whether you're technically in a recession or not. Quoting here, We must be honest about the economic reality America now faces if we want to avoid fanning the flames of inflation. Now, this is Joe Manchin in a statement just this past Wednesday. At its core, back to quoting, at its core, the purpose of reconciliation is to get our economic and financial house in order. Contrary to foolish talk otherwise, America cannot spend its way out of debt or out of inflation. Now, that makes sense. That's what has people, people that I've spoken to recently, afraid of what a presidential run from Joe Manchin might look like. If the Democrats were smart, you put Joe Manchin and, uh, and some reasonable uh, VP alongside of them, and you have somebody that could seriously manage to reach across the aisle and, and attract Republican voters. Now, Manchin's agreement to this new package, he touts as an inflation-fighting bill, well, that came a day before the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis released GDP numbers for the last quarter, showing that the country is in a recession. Democrats will use the budget reconciliation process to bypass the Senate filibuster and advance the bill along party lines, potentially giving the party a much-needed if they want to have any signs of life at all in the midterms, legislative victory before the upcoming elections where Democrats are expected to face what is being called a red wave. But that's also why I'm telling you we need to make sure that we show up in the polls because Democrats are showing up and they're trying to, in their minds, figure out a way to uh, still vote for the blue team, despite now knowing exactly what happens when the blue team's in charge. Now, the bill still needs uh, to, to at least get over one more hurdle before it stands a chance at reaching Joe Biden's desk. Democrats need to convince Kristen Sinema, who has also voiced opposition to elements of Biden's spending agenda. Right now, there are several Democrats that have refused to make a comment about this bill. Cinema, representing Arizona, she didn't have any comments about the bill at this point because, as she said, quote, she will need to review the text. But make no mistake about it. There is a strong effort being put forward to whip the votes here. I'm afraid this one probably makes its way through. This is a big chunk of Build Back Better. This is a significant portion of the Green New Deal, And I think the biggest thing that really gets Joe Manchin on board is he's been made some pork barrel uh, give me promises to West Virginia that he should be smart enough to know will not add up to much of anything. I'm sure by now you can hear the thunder rolling. It's uh, getting very stormy here. So we're going to try to get through the remainder of this first hour. We're going to push through if we do something where we end up losing it. Uh, We'll figure something out. Uh, In the meanwhile, I promise you we will get at least an hour content tonight. Whatever I have to do to make it happen. Okay, now I'm going to take a break. And during the break, I'm going to send up a little prayer asking for some divine assistance in that. You guys don't go anywhere. I will be right back after this brief break. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth.
2: of America.
3: If the United States is to be great again, she must return to and exercise the principles that made her the one-time envy of the world. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the original Notebook, being brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Despite every imperfection America's constant critics can complain about, the Founding Fathers formed the greatest example of government ever conceived and implemented. It was a government and nation based upon the convictions set forth in the Declaration of Independence and creation of the Constitution and the unalienable rights endowed by our Holy Creator. The future of our Republic was based upon such wise literature as the Federalist Papers, the Law of Nations, the common sense of governing a representative Republic, and also the wisdom of God's Holy Word in the Bible. Hopefully, before it's too late, which could be very soon, considering our wide open borders and the multi faceted leftist effort to destroy the United States from within that we will gather our wits, seek God's wisdom, and in the effort to repair the damage while seeking His forgiveness for what hath been wrought. I'm Ron Edwards. Brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. To find out where and when to find the Ron Edwards American Experience, go to TheRonEdwards.com. Ron
0: Edwards, Edwards, the new voice of America.
3: Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition.
1: I I do not view abortion as a a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be
3: focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup.
0: You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better
2: make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all oh, I've got to say, stick your pride. Where the sun don't shine, keep you big mess. Wait for me and mine if you leave us alone, we'll we'd all be just
0: fine. Yep, I know I'd be just fine if they wouldn't do this crapping. And- Pretty sure you'd be a lot better off, too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break, which, as usual, is a little bit later than the mid-hour selection that I normally try to hit for. Man, I hate it when stories just kind of merge together and I have to get on a rant and, uh, and really get going. But, uh, you know, hey, that's part of why you tune in, right? Alright, before we jump back into uh, the next topic, I want to take a little moment to remind you uh, that first and foremost, we've got some storm going on. You can probably hear it, boy oh boy. But uh, there's so much going on right now. What you need to do in order to best protect yourself from the world's growing dangers is prepare. You need to make sure that you have uh, confidence Facing the upcoming crisis. And you certainly can face all these crises with confidence when you engage in My Patriot Supplies one year emergency food supply. Have it on your shelf, and here's what you get 21 food varieties, 2,000 plus calories per day, easy to prepare, 25 year shelf life. You get fast free shipping. You end up here with calorie-loaded meals that will fill you with energy and gear you up for whatever comes your way. Packaged in heavy-duty resealable pouches, these breakfasts, lunches, snacks, dinners, and drinks will last for decades. Just add water for delicious fix in a disaster. That's where you need to be. Uh, So be sure to visit my patriot supply uh right now they are running a special uh so hurry while supplies last this one year food supply that they're talking about you get five hundred dollars off for one year supply five hundred dollars off that's a heck of a deal uh so there will be a link in the show description uh, or you can visit me at tap the that's t-a-p-p into the truth.com uh, and uh Once you land on the homepage, scroll past Recent Guests and uh, look for the banner for My Patriot Supply. Click on that. It works either way. That way they know I sent you. So, hey, isn't that something special? (laughs) All right. We've got – I certainly wanted to get to this one. Uh, We've got some other stories I want to talk about that I know you're not going to get enough coverage from other places. But this one's important for a couple of reasons. Uh, what we have going on right now is apparently there's a criminal investigation that's been launched into uh, the maker of an Alzheimer's drug. Uh, the U.S. Department of Justice has reportedly launched a criminal investigation into a manufacturer of an Alzheimer's drug over allegations that the company fabricated research findings for the drug. Federal prosecutors' investigation into Cavassa uh, Science Casiva Sciences? Ah, well, whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, this investigation, it centers around whether or not the company defrauded investors, defrauded government agencies, and possibly defrauded customers. This according to a report in uh, Reuters. The investigation comes after a bombshell report was published last week in Science Magazine about how key images of one of the most cited research papers on alzheimer's disease this century might have been intentionally fabricated throwing off years and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of taxpayer funded research into the seventh leading cause of death in the united states Now, according to Matthew uh, Schrag, a neuroscientist and a physician at Vanderbilt University, and I probably butchered his last name, so sorry about that, Matthew. Well, he stumbled upon a controversial study, well, the controversial study, while investigating an experimental drug for Alzheimer's uh, called uh, semiflamin, semiflamin, anyway, I'm butchering that too, uh, which is manufactured by the company in question. Matthew was contacted by an attorney that was investigating the drug on behalf of two prominent neuroscientists who said that some of the research behind the drug was fraudulent. Now, the report in Science Magazine then pivots to how Matthew's investigation into the drug eventually led him to investigating the 2006 study that was published in Nature uh, by another famous neuroscientist from the University of Minnesota. That's the one that actually underpins a key element of the dominant yet controversial hypothesis uh, about the starting point, uh, the general cause, the root cause of Alzheimer's, which holds that a certain protein uh, appears in clumps and creates uh, this plaque in the brain. So when this plaque shows up in brain tissue, uh, that's according to the theory, the primary cause of Alzheimer's. Now, there's a reason why so many of the drugs that have been tested and tried to be developed based on this evidence just never seem to work. Anyway, science investigated the study and says it corroborated the suspicion from Matthew uh, about the original research with the help of leading Alzheimer's researchers An image analyst, the independent experts, alleged that some of the images that they reviewed were, quote, shockingly blatant, end quote. Uh, Shockingly blatant examples of image tampering. Somebody went to Photoshop in those sons of guns, guys. Now, the authors appeared to have composed figures by piecing together parts of photos from different experiments. That's according to Elizabeth Beek, a molecular biologist and well-known forensic image consultant. Elizabeth made this statement and also told the publication, quote, the obtained experimental results might not have been the desired results, and that data might have been changed to better fit a hypothesis. The report noted that the implication of the suspected fraudulent work means that hundreds of millions of dollars in taxpayer funds, that's your money and mine, boys and girls, from the National Institute of Health. Oh, isn't that the organization that Anthony Fauci oversees? That's just, just an observation. Anyway, <laughs> that millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, taxpayer funds from the uh, NIH, might have been wasted, might have been wasted. I like how they say that. They might have been wasted. And, that the entire scientific field could have been searching in the wrong direction for the last 16 years for a cure for Alzheimer's. Nearly two decades, boys and girls, nearly two decades. Now, if you will forgive my butchering of names, my East Tennessee tongue being what it is, there's a pretty simple explanation. I believe, and of course, you know, take that for what it's worth. Now, obviously, that means I'm about to give you opinion. But it's opinion based on the track record of the neuroscientist that came up with the original work in the first place. I believe that he convinced himself that this was the solution. That he believed that to be the general cause. And that what he did. Was he picked. And he selected. And pulled together stuff that fit his theory. And disregarded the rest. A confirmation bias at its finest. But this shows a danger. I do not believe that he set out. To intentionally defraud anybody. I believe. That his effort was to try to create. Evidence to support his theory. Evidence that wasn't showing up. In the test work. And in the lab work. And do every bit of research they were doing. He would see hints. Partial support. But nothing definitive. But he had already convinced himself but this also shows us the danger of settled science. We've talked a lot about it and I'm far from the only conservative voice out there that tells you that science should never be settled. Part of my basis, part of my realm of expertise falls into that category. This is how I can tell you point blank that science should never be settled. Every time we think we have all the answers on the topic, That's when something comes along, it happens, and it proves how wrong we are. Even the most basic, most fundamental things that we take for granted, we have to build our understanding of reality on some firm footing. But we have to always be open to the possibility that something at the most basic, most fundamental uh, building blocks there may have simply been misunderstood. We have to be open minded enough to know that maybe the way we perceive reality was still through a filter of our own bias, that there may be something yet happening. Now, it's not too much of a stretch to be able to then apply this to something like, I don't know, let's say, the uh, ecology of the world. The idea that man caused climate change is such a dire and disastrous thing that there is, in fact, global warming, which they, if you, there's a reason why they don't use that terminology anymore, because it's getting harder and harder for them to say, well, yeah, the, the globe is getting warmer. Because, <laughs> you know, for a lot of the time, they've been screaming that battle cry, either The Earth didn't change at all, or actually went down a degree or two. So now it's just man-caused climate change. Uh, Easy enough, the climate's always changing. Uh, Environments change every day. Uh, More carbon dioxide actually tends to mean more plants, which then tends to mean more food. So normally that means a safer, more abundant life uh, on Earth. But, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. The thing that we see with the climate models is that we have seen the dollars behind, the financing involved, the grants requested. They've no longer come freely in exchange for whatever information you discover. They now come with an expected result. Settled science has never been less settled ever. And now this story is something that should be driving the point home. And it's something that's being barely covered. It's being mentioned. Some people are trying to play it off as a joke. Other people are playing off like, see how seriously this has affected your loved ones who suffered with this disease. But nobody that I've heard, and there may be some folks out there that are doing it, but very few people, at the very least, are making the connection between why you should never just accept something that you're being told, no matter what the credentials are. The the research piecemealed together and Photoshopped the evidence to support it. And then after nearly two decades of research and hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars being wasted on pursuing this research, We got bubkis, and then finally, somebody had the cojones to stand up and say, oh yeah, by the way, this was bovine excrement from the beginning. Settled science, indeed. All right, uh, that's it for the first hour. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast, don't go anywhere. Uh, If you're listening on terrestrial radio, come find the podcast for whatever else I get to, because that's all going to be bonus material from that point moving forward. Uh, Not going to hear it on the radio. Remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. Most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And uh, one last parting message for Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. This is Tim Tap. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. they homeschooled on their farm. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Hey, Joe. My name's Joe Biden.
1: I'm Joe Biden's husband. Thank you. Thank you, George. Mommy. I'm so tired of trickle down economics. And I, I never found that trickle down on top of my head very much. I was listed, I was had the great pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for thirty six years. I still hadn't making a hell of a lot more money than anybody else because I was getting a senator's salary. No kidding. I didn't think you should make me
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen. not doing the full reintro for resetting the hour because this is a bonus hour for the podcast listeners and oh yeah by the way if i do manage to get an entire hour in uh of course it's a stormy rainy night here in east tennessee and the power is always possible to go out and the backups don't always kick in as quickly as they should uh so you know it could definitely interrupt and prevent me from completing the full hour should that happen but if we get the full hour in then i would imagine you'll get this hour over on The Last Frequency. Doug, uh, once he gets a hold of this broadcast and he uploads it over there, uh, oftentimes we'll play the uh, the full two hours in, uh, in succession. So uh, that's kind of cool over at The Last Frequency. Uh, by the way, uh, if you guys haven't been over there lately, uh, go check it out. Also, uh, before I go any further, meant to do it back in the first hour, especially since that was on terrestrial radio. I want to remind everybody that AJ Rice's new book, The Woking Dead, is indeed out. Uh, my little piece uh, talking about the book uh, is over at Biz Pack Review now. I will have a link in today's show description, whether you get to hear hour number two or not. And, uh, you know, just uh, feel free to slide over to Biz Pack Review and check it out. And please, please, if you haven't already pre ordered the book, go order a copy of The Woking Dead. And oh yeah, by the way, still time to get in. I'm not going to officially do the drawing until my 20 copies arrive. Then we'll be giving away copies of it to listeners that uh, have participated in the contest. In order to do that, that means there's still time. Uh, All you have to do is go to one of the many uh, social media platforms that I have a personal or a show presence on that includes Facebook, Twitter, Truth Social, Parlor, Locals.com uh, Minds.com uh, Gab, uh, Spreely uh, MeWe uh, Getter uh, and, uh, some others that I'm probably forgetting <laughs> Clout Hub I can't leave those out uh, you know I think that's actually pretty close to it. But if you're on any of those, and you can participate on all of them, actually, to increase your chances, just go on those. Be sure to tag me so that I get the little notification that uh that way it's easier for me to count and know that you did it. Mention the show. Share a link to either the show page on the platform that you listen to the show on. It sounds way more complicated than it is. Or a link to a specific uh, broadcast that you really like, like maybe tonight's your favorite one in a long time. So share the link to this one. To the platform that you live. If you're listening to this broadcast, but you're listening on iHeartRadio, share the iHeartRadio link to this broadcast. that works, that's all you have to do. Mention in that discussion the Woking Dead. And make sure you spell it right. Don't say The Walking Dead. But The Woking Dead mentioned, can't wait to get your chance at uh, getting a free copy of The Woking Dead. Yeah, just some some blurb like that. So yes, it's, a, it's not that big of a deal. It sounds way harder than it is, I promise you. And uh, right now, there's still an excellent opportunity for you to be a winner. I will just put it to you like that. Uh, <laughs> at any rate, there is also... Bonus opportunities. Bonus opportunities. Your name gets thrown in extra times. If you go over to Locals.com, find the Tap Into the Truth community and join for free. I mean, how can you be that? A lot of you guys that are listening, I know, are already active over at Locals.com. So just do a little search for Tap Into the Truth and, uh, you know, join the community. Get... Extra chances to win a free copy of the new book. I think that's pretty simple. I hope that's simple enough. Meanwhile, there's some other stuff going on that I know, strangely enough, hasn't gotten a whole heck of a lot of, um, of coverage. So I wanted to go into some of these other stories, too. Now, you know, that's always kind of been my thing. There are certain things that we just absolutely have to talk about. And it doesn't matter how many other people are covering it because it just gets my blood boiling kind of thing. Got to work the therapy out. You, you know, you, you've been there too. And if you're a long time listener to the show, you know how I operate, but I do like going after the stories that I feel like aren't getting enough media attention because of either the story itself or the underlying part of the story and why it matters more. Uh, I do trust that other media sources are giving you plenty of coverage on those big-time stories. But I have come to a a new realization, uh, that being that there's a reason why a lot of the big boys and a lot of us, not necessarily the A-listers, why we keep talking about the same things. And that's because we're all desperately hoping to to be that one that breaks through to somebody new. You know, uh, the sad, sad truth of the matter is most of us are still just preaching to the choir. Now, you're a great choir, and I love you being part of the audience. Don't get me wrong. But there are still a ton of folks out there, several, several hundreds of thousands, if not in the millions of your fellow Americans who still have no clue what the Hunter Biden laptop story is even about. Some of them still haven't even heard of it. And you know why? Because of the concerted effort by the mainstream legacy media to protect their chosen people. So, yeah, we always hope to be the one person that the left or some leftist accidentally comes across or whatever have you. And we want to make sure that we hold up a mirror so they see how ridiculous it is. But I do still like talking about stories that have been covered in some cases. In other cases, haven't been covered hardly at all, if at all. But, you know, either go away quickly or somebody didn't make the points that really should have been made, if you will, says the guy who's now (laughs) self-appointing himself to uh, do those things. Anyway, Joe Biden has reportedly offered to exchange a notorious Russian weapons trafficker, in exchange for the release of the WNBA player Brittany Greiner. And for Paul Whalen. So he's trying to get a twofer. I, if you're going to give up somebody who is a weapons trafficker. And a notorious terrorist kind of guy. Um, maybe we should get a twofer. Considering what he's asking for in return. We've known for some time. That the idea, the notion that the concept of a prisoner swap was on the table early on. I mean, I, I don't like the idea of negotiating with terrorists. It's not just a catchphrase. It's not just something we used to say back in the 80s that carried over into the 90s, but we didn't mean it anymore. There is a sound reason and rationale why we should not do that. And I'm not quite certain that Brittany uh, Greiner is really worth it and and i know that's gonna sound terrible because i don't mean to say that she's not worth it what i mean to say is we've went about this the wrong way from the beginning now miss Griner, not somebody that i know a whole lot about because i like a lot of folks in this country that does follow basketball, still typically does not follow the WNBA a lot. So if it's not a former Lady Vol, and even the Lady Vols that go on to the WNBA, I don't typically follow their careers much once they go there anymore. Uh, And it's not because I'm a misogynist. It's because I like to watch good basketball. And I know that's probably going to ruffle some feathers, but I will watch the Lady Vols. And part of why I've always enjoyed watching the Lady Vols play basketball, the collegiate level here, they play a high caliber, but they do play a fundamentally sound version. I don't think you necessarily get that fundamentally sound version of basketball at the WNBA level. You get more of the wild and wide open, just athleticism version that uh, you get from the NBA, just not as... Fast, not as explosive. And you only have two or three of these WNBA players that are capable of even reasonably emulating what happens over on the men's side of things. But, you know, we should have taken a different tack. She should not have been detained. Uh, a, a, again, this gets kind of tricky because if she legitimately had this hashish oil Uh, If she literally has it, then she did commit a crime. And as somebody who committed a crime, I would expect her to have to pay the actual legal consequences that come with that. But the general consensus here from the beginning has been, this is Vladimir Putin, mad at America for interfering with his Ukrainian designs and uh, taking it out on somebody that is a reasonably high-profile athlete. I mean, she is the big deal in the WNBA right now. It's just, it probably would have been uh, a better point of attention had it been a athlete in a sport where more Americans actually watch the sport. Uh, And I know that's still terrible to say, but if you're going to be honest about where the WNBA is right now, it's, It doesn't have that great ratings. It doesn't fill a whole lot of seats. And if it wasn't for the NBA continuing to subsidize it, it would have dried up and blown away by now. Now, as much as you might want to blame that on misogyny, too, it's just not. If you package an inferior product, you're going to get inferior results. And WNBA basketball, in comparison to NBA basketball, it's just nowhere near the same. It's just not. same thing can be said for the soccer team. I mean, uh, women's uh, the U.S. women's soccer team that, oh, we're the best in the world, uh, doesn't fare that well when they scrimmage against boys' middle school teams. Uh, there is a decided difference in the physical capabilities. Anyway, the whole point here is that's just all... Sidetrack trappings, and it is not really relevant to the main conversation here. Biden is willing to trade off a Russian weapons trafficker, this Victor Bout or Boots, Victor Boot Victor Bout, Victor Bout which, whichever he is. His name is Victor, it's all I know. I know Victor, he is not concerned about finding Moose in Squirrel, he just wants to simply sell weapons to help Vladimir kill Moose and Squirrel when they find them. Anyway, CNN reported that several sources inside the administration said that the proposal received Biden's backing after he was briefed on the matter. So one of his handlers said, Hey Joe, you want your pudding? Then you have to agree to to make this swap. Oh. Okay, I'll uh give give me the, the pudding and, and uh America in one word is Xi Jinping, and, and uh, who the hell's Brittany Griner? <laughs> yeah, it was something similar to that. It that wasn't an actual recording, just in case you were worried about that. Anyway, uh quoting here uh <clears throat> We communicated a substantial offer that we believe could be successful based on a history of conversations with the Russians. This, a senior administration official told CNN. We communicated that a number of weeks ago, back in June. So here we are near the end of July and still haven't moved too far with this. But the picture, who's often referred to as The Merchant of Death. Uh, Cool nickname. Well, he's a notorious arms trafficker who inspired the 2005 Nicolas Cage movie, The Lord of War. Uh, Victor was convicted on terrorism charges back in uh, 2011 for trying to sell tens of millions of dollars worth of missiles to the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia. Some of you may uh, know them referred to as FARC. Uh, for the purpose of shooting down U.S. military helicopters. Victor very much likes to see American helicopters fall from air and American casualties uh, be numerous. So yeah, definitely a fair trade. Let's get back the top WNBA basketball player uh, in exchange for somebody that likes to sell weapons to kill Americans, particularly our good guys in uniform. Back then, the Attorney General of the time, Obama wingman Eric Holder, said, Today, one of the world's most prolific arms dealers is being held accountable for his sordid past. Victor Bolt's arms trafficking activity and support of armed conflicts have been a source of concern around the globe for decades. Today, he faces the prospect of life in prison for his efforts to sell millions of dollars worth of weapons to terrorists for use in killing Americans. Pretty flowery wordage for Eric Holder. As the evidence at trial showed... Victor was indeed ready to sell a weapons arsenal that would be the envy of some small countries. This, according to uh, uh, Preet Barara, then U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, continued saying, quote, "...he, uh, he aimed to sell those weapons to terrorists for the purpose of killing Americans." With today's swift verdict, justice has been done, and a very dangerous man will be behind bars. I would like to acknowledge the extraordinary efforts of the Drug Enforcement Administration agents who investigated the case on three different continents and helped to bring Victor Bult to justice. Now again, I'll remind you, Brittany Grinder, she's addressed... Addressed, arrested on drug charges. Has she sure. Something that she's, she's been to Russia multiple times at this point, boys and girls. She knew that wasn't legal. The question is, was it actually hers? Is that what she really had? Doesn't seem to be much of an argument there. The statement seems to be that there was some confusion about having it actually on her she didn't think that she had packed it kind of thing. We're talking about February. Since February, Brittany Griner has been in Russian custody. She pleaded guilty this month to charges but denied that she had intentionally broken the law. Now Waylon, the other person involved in the stupor, was arrested back in uh, 2018 on espionage charges which he has denied. And that's kind of where this thing is setting at. But the fact that the Biden administration, that Joe, after being bribed with his pudding or bribed with an extra hour of Matlock, I, I don't know what they did to, to get him to sign off on it. But I can't believe that even the riddled mind of Joe Biden would think it's okay To make this trade, there's got to be a better option on the table. I don't feel really good about making trades to get uh, people released in the first place. Miss Griner should not be in Russian custody any further. I mean, what should have happened is these back rooms, these back channel negotiated deals, should have squared all this away and obtained her release. And it probably would have been better that we didn't know the details because it's probably going to be even worse than what this is. I do not believe that even an uber lefty like Brittany Griner deserves to be held in Russian jail. Now, what I would like to see is some type of extradition where she could, at the very least... And I know nobody does this, but I think this is actually something that should be done. If somebody does indeed violate a law in a foreign country, and they get caught while they're on their way back home, okay, do the detainment, do the trial, do all that business, and then return them to their country of origin where they will then serve out their sentence. I think that would be better. This, this talented young lady athlete, if she legitimately committed the crime, and again she's pled guilty. How much of that is coercion? We don't know. All I know is LeBron James is not somebody you should ask about this case. Uh, he was not that long ago, and we did a quick quib about his quib. I don't know why she would even want to come back. She probably should uh, think about that. Why do you want to come back to America? Uh, that is definitely not a LeBron James uh, impersonation, although it did sound subtly like Barack Hussein Alawakbar Obama, but uh, not not a whole lot. But seems a whole lot like that's the way it is. That's that's not a very good impersonation, to it, so you you need to stop that. But I mean. Uh, LeBron took some heat from some sources. Wow, well, why do you even want to come back to America? Well, how about this? She's getting a good taste of what happens when you don't live in the American form of uh, government with the American people. It's, it's very different. I doubt she's enjoying her stay, and she probably wouldn't enjoy her stay being incarcerated here either. But I'm guessing it would be a far better experience, and probably a far safer experience than what she's seen there. In fact, most likely the only thing that's guaranteed her safety at this point is, in fact, she's considered to be a high-profile detainee. But all that stuff is side-dressing. Yes, the government should have done more to affect her release, and there should be something going on. I mean, at the very least, hey... Joe, yeah, why don't you do something that actually helps America and stop sending so much of our gosh darn money to Ukraine? That probably would be enough to get uh, Brittany and two or three other uh, folks released. Because, And in the process, you would help cut uh, inflationary uh, action here. And uh, I know the money laundering side of what you're trying to do gets slowed down, but you know what? Uh, take a small hit for the team. You've made enough money off of these these foreign powers, and I'll leave it at that. I wonder if Joe even realizes how much he, <laughs> he has made at this point. He certainly seems very cognitive with the fact that he's beholden to them in some cases. Then there are other times where I don't think he remembers anything but his name and Bo's name. Pretty sure he looks at Hunter several times and like, ah, I know I know you but what's your what's your name uh, I keep wanting to call you uh, sheep 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 or something like that because she's the black sheep of the family Joe oh, man oh man all right well I mean Here's here's a big point. I I've just rambled on and on at this point. So uh, yay for bonus material. Uh, <laughs> it should be a higher quality to make you want to do it. I get that, but the whole point still comes back to the fact that this is a very dangerous guy that we're offering to trade for somebody that doesn't pose a risk to the Russian people. That, that's that's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison here. And I get if you think that you got to offer something up if you're trying to get a twofer, but uh, Victor is worth at least 10 uh, prisoners that have done nothing. Brittany was there playing basketball. And I'm sorry, some hashish oil in a vape pen... Uh, does not constitute some great threat to the Russian people, doesn't constitute some great threat to the Russian government. It constitutes a violation of law, yes, and it's the kind of thing that's probably shouldn't be much more than a misdemeanor. Certainly should not require a prisoner exchange, and if you're going to offer it, there is no way that is reasonable that you would take a freaking arms trafficker with the reputation that a Victor has to get her back. That's just mad. It's, again, you have to scratch your head and wonder, is there someone in the Biden administration that wants Victor back at his old job? Looking for an excuse to get Victor out of prison? Perhaps Victor is helping... To enrich someone, to paid someone off, and they're exerting their influence that they should not have on the current so-called President of the United States? I mean, I'm just spiffballing here. I'm playing conspiracy theorists at the moment. I'll, I'll acknowledge that. Not something that I normally engage in right here, but I need an explanation. On this one, and we all collectively, as the American people, should be demanding an explanation of why would you trade a dangerous terrorist with international ties who intentionally targets American soldiers? Why is this the guy who gets released for a WNBA player who committed a minor drug charge? I keep circling around that because I need that to resonate in your mind because even if You are one of these uber conservatives that's been sharing all the memes about Brittany Griner being locked up and that look you get when you find out uh, what it's like to live under the socialist uh, mindset that you've been protesting for. And she was. She was one of these folks. She was kneeling for the anthem and she was talking smack about America and how we're systemically racist. She, She was right there with all the right Black Lives Matter Incorporated talking points and uh, I mean, she was the female LeBron James when it comes to that stuff. So I got no love loss for this lady. I definitely don't care for her politics. But at the end of the day, she is a fellow Americans and does not deserve to be detained in this fashion, to be a political pawn being used because Biden has decided he's going to launder extra cash through the Ukraine and uh, extending the conflict going there is their best excuse to do it. She doesn't deserve to be in that situation, and it is up to Biden and that administration to get it fixed. But you cannot, with a clear conscience, you should not release a convicted, known international terrorist and gunrunner to release an NBA player, to release a W NBA player. You shouldn't do that. If I was the one being detained, yeah, I want to get the hell out of there. I promise you that. But I would not want you to release somebody as dangerous as Victor to make it happen. I would rather you leave me there if that's the only way you get me out. And I know it's easy to say right now because I'm not there, but I promise you, being there, as much as it would be horrific, as much as I'm quite certain, I would not be well-treated I do understand that me alone, my life, while it's important to my immediate circle, my close family, these folks count on me, I understand that they would be a little safer if I stayed there and Victor stayed where he was. This deal cannot be allowed to continue. Somebody needs to step up and put the brakes on it ASAP. All right, let's take that... Uh, Mid-hour break, and when we come back, we'll pick up on the next topic. Don't go anywhere; I will be right back after this. I'm hoping brief break. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth.
1: My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president.
3: The perfect case for not allowing the leftist government gun grabbers to take away our guns. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook being brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. In recent months in cities across America, from New York to Los Angeles to Seattle, black American thugs have been blowing away other blacks who were usually unarmed because of horrendous draconian restrictions against gun ownership regarding law-abiding Sovereign Americans. So it was refreshing to see justice play out in St. Louis, Missouri recently, where a suspect drove a stolen SUV to a gas station and entered the store and allegedly put a knife to a clerk's throat and demanded money from the cash register. Another customer who just exited the store and looked through the window and spotted the suspect allegedly dragging the clerk... Who was screaming? The customer grabbed a pistol from his vehicle and confronted the suspect. The suspect then walked toward the customer saying, I have something for you. The customer opened fire and dropped the suspect. If Missouri had the same lunatic laws against gun ownership like Illinois, New York, etc., most likely the outcome would not have ended favorably for the clerk. And a big shout out to the hero that saved the clerk's life. I'm Ron Edwards. Brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee.
0: Ron Edwards, the new voice of America.
3: Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition.
0: America is
1: a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the, foot, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, in the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. I guess we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact.
3: Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup.
0: You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Well, it has all been done before, and that will only be further demonstrated by the next story that I'm about to jump into. But before we do that, I want to remind you, we were talking about My Patriot Supply back in the first hour. Something else that might be very handy, very healthy, good to have around, especially if you're trying to stockpile some extra food. How about the stuff over at Built Brands? Uh, now, obviously, by now, you should be very much aware of Built Bars. They came out with these super awesome protein bars. Well, I'm still saying they're just candy bars. They're just too tasty. Uh, now, they've got all the nutritional facts and information. They can back it up. Scientifically, yes, uh, relatively low calories, uh a awesome chocolate that uh, they have it's pure chocolate and it's specially formulated for them and a phenomenal right now brand new flavor offered up the featured flavor at the moment is cookie dough chunk man how do you say no to a cookie dough chunk right now while supplies last they're trying to clear out the last of their toffee almond built bars uh, of course Still going full speed ahead with the banana cream pie, the brownie batter, the coconut marshmallow puffs, the churro puffs. You can build your own box, selecting two flavors of 12. You can get the puffs mixed box. You can get the 12-bar mixed box. And, of course, they still have all the classics, too. Uh, not the puffs, but the long time uh, classics. Double chocolate, coconut, cookies and cream cherry barcia, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, salted caramel, coconut almond. Man, oh man. And don't forget that they've got more than just the bars, by the way. They've got Built Broth, which is a collagen protein. It's healthy and natural. It's good for you. They've got Built Boost. Uh, It's immune defense that you can count on. Don't just take your vitamins when you can enjoy your vitamins, when you can drink your vitamins. Uh, Just visit Built. Uh, There'll be a link in the show description, or you can come visit me at tapintothetruth.com and uh then you just once you land on the home page scroll past all the recent guests and uh then click on one of the banners from built um i i really do need to check and make sure all the banners are still working because some of those are very flavor specific and some of those flavors are currently not available because they have the classics they keep all the time and then they rotate out several new ones and these uh these built puff bars have really been catching fire lately. Uh, they're doing the collagen protein in the puffs, just it's still so tasty. My goodness gracious. If you got a sweet tooth like I do, but you're still trying to be healthier like we all should be, built is a great option. And if you're looking to put your emergency food supply, my Patriot Supply is a great starting point. They got a lot of good stuff on there, but having some built Uh, bars there ready to go, Uh, it's only going to further increase your uh, viability in the face of a crisis. So, uh, you know, let's just put those two together and get yourself some um built items. Uh, The storm seems to be kind of passing, so at this point, I'm reasonably certain we're going to get the full hour in here for hour number two, so... I'm still hopeful. Uh, We have seen times in the past where it's been, as it's clearing out, that uh, there's a random lightning strike that uh, (laughs) will take out power and internet and all kinds of crazy stuff. So um, we're not out of the woods yet, but I'm feeling very optimistic. want to take the opportunity to once again encourage you also to to come visit me over at Locals.com and sign up for free. Join the Tap into the Truth community for free. Come be part of something as we try to build up that community at Locals. Uh, and again, uh, for those of you that are still under the mistaken impression, Locals.com, I don't know how many of you still think this, but I have run into it here recently on social media. It's not a dating site, guys. <laughs> And as long as Locals has been going and as many conservative folks that have moved their entire platforms over there at this point, it's shocking to me to believe that there are that many folks that do not know. But I'm still surprised at how many uh, folks that were on the Trump train haven't moved over to Trump social uh, truth social yet. Um, it seems like that would be a no brainer. I was waiting See, I don't have an Apple phone, and they put the app up for Apple's first, and they still don't have the Android app out working, but they did open it up for desktop. So as soon as that was available, bam, I'm there. A lot of you guys, I'm surprised, haven't followed suit yet. Maybe some of you don't know yet. Maybe some of you are just waiting for the app. I don't know, but uh, those opportunities are there. Just just slide over to to Locals.com. It's spelled in the colloquial fashion, locals, L-O-C-A-L-S, .com. And then just do a quick search and uh, look up Don Smith while you're at it, because Don Smith literally moved all his stuff from uh, BTR over to uh, to Locals. He's there, and you can follow other great uh, folks, too. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza, uh, Dan Bongino, uh, just some folks off the top of my head. Uh, Ron... Uh, Ron Edwards is over there now. Um, Who else? There's a bunch of folks. And only more people will be coming. Uh, Well, I know that Ron is over on Rumble. Uh, I I know he was talking about going to Locals. I don't know for sure that he's went over there yet, so I should have been that. But at any rate, uh, just come join the community. It doesn't cost you anything to join the community. However, if you wanted to be supportive, you can be a supporter there as well and Pay a few bucks and get some uh, supporter-only content. Maybe you don't feel like I'm bringing it up to the table for that, but th- that's what makes it okay to just sign up for the free version. Uh, at any rate, uh, let me uh, let me get back to the show. Just don't forget to uh, follow the link in the show description to take you to Built, or visit me at Tap Into The Truth, and uh, you know the same thing applies. Now, I was talking about how it's all been done before just a little while ago. It's a great "Bare Naked Lady song, by the way. I love that song. I'm so happy that uh, Doug cut that uh, liner for me. But uh, here's the thing. I'm trying to remember if I said the exact words. But this whole disinformation thing and the use of social media to enforce the will of credentialed individuals who do not deserve uh, the respect that they think they do. Uh, It's not exactly a new thing. We saw under COVID how this has worked. We've seen how several social media platforms have snapped to and kicked people off their platforms for having the unmitigated gall saying something along the lines of men are men and women are women. Boys are boys and girls are girls. That's gotten lifetime bans for people like Jordan Peterson. Uh, We've seen on YouTube the horrific sin of just saying uh, some people believe there may have been shenanigans in the 2020 elections that perhaps affected the outcome. Uh, That will get you booted off YouTube. That is a violation of the community standards, just having that conversation. Uh, I know that personally, by the way, in case you hadn't heard me whining earlier in the week about it, as I'm serving a one-week suspension. uh, I would imagine that that will probably eventually lead to me being banned permanently, having my channel removed, because quite honestly, I don't see me backing off of my thoughts on it, and I don't see me as most likely we're going to see Trump uh, running for president again. I don't see that as being a topic that doesn't get brought up on multiple occasions because, again, a lot of Trump's motivation for running again is to try to correct what he believed to have been a disservice to the American people, trying to right a wrong, if you will, because he believes he won. So it's hard to have that conversation and not broach the topic, just it. Anyway, this whole deal where we've been looking at the monkeypox situation has reared its ugly head again. And we were talking last time we got together about how the World Health Organization, well, how the director of the World Health Organization overruled the board and said that monkeypox is an international emergency. Now, I'll remind you that in the course of the last year, there have been worldwide five deaths attributed to monkeypox. Five. Five people have died. That doesn't seem like a worldwide emergency to me. Most people that contract the disease, and it's extremely rare even now, they act like they're all shocked and surprised that it's uh, out and about and that the, the vectors of transmission we don't understand they understand we know how it's being transmitted it's just politically incorrect to speak honestly about how it's being transmitted so i would have to if i want to be youtube safe would have to engage in coded language so that the algorithms didn't pick up on what I was saying. Fortunately, this is still part of my one-week suspension, so I can say whatever I want. This one's not going up anyway. Bottom line is, we know how it's being transmitted. I don't have to go into that with you. But now, now, officials at the WHO, they're pleading, with social media platforms and news organizations. In fact, they made a special call to action this past Wednesday to uh, have these folks stand up and counter what they are calling monkeypox misinformation. They want this done through national regulations as the virus spreads into a global outbreak. Again, technically you can call it that, because it has been much more prevalent than we expect to see it. And it's been popping up in the UK and in the US and uh, in a few other places that you don't normally expect to see the monkeypox. Last weekend, like I already mentioned, the director declared that the virus was indeed a public health emergency of international concern, uh, to be technical in what he said. Recent numbers indicate that there are more than 18,000 cases and five deaths across 78 different countries. That's roughly 70% of those cases that were reported from Europe. While the Americans make up uh, about a quarter of the total cases, right about 25%. The virus has primarily spread among men who have sex with men. And is spread through close physical contact, including sexual intercourse, which again, that covers the men who have sex with men. That's how it's being spread. Uh, The virus could also be spread by touching objects that someone with the virus has used, but it's still debatable as to how long the virus lives on the surface outside of the body, uh, and Usually you're talking about close, intimate contact, and if it's not of the sexual variety, then it takes prolonged uh, physical contact uh, in order to spread it. Uh, The director of the HWO warned that men who engage in homosexual sex should reduce the number of partners that they engage with and further cautioned that... uh, various nations uh, to be on guard against disinformation about the virus, Uh, saying, quote, the stigma and discrimination can be as dangerous as any virus and can fuel the outbreak. As we have seen with COVID-19, misinformation and disinformation can spread rapidly online. Except I'm going to have to pump the brakes right there, uh, sir. See, the stigma and discrimination can be as dangerous as any virus. No. No, that's simply not true. First of all, the stigma involved here, uh, the stigma is only there because you are indeed engaging in sexual activity that does not have the same moral value as other types of sexual behavior. It's just pleasure for pleasure's sake, and that doesn't constitute a moral good. As much as the left would like for everyone to believe that. They, they, they firmly believe that your first adage should be, if it feels good, do it. That That is something you've heard them chant in the past. It is at one of the core principles of their actual belief it's not appropriate. It's not right. And there's certain behaviors that, if it's been stigmatized in the past, there are reasons. Now, I don't want someone to be discriminated against because of their sexual preference. I really don't. Again, don't make it my business, and it won't be my business. I'm good leaving it there. And I think, surprise, surprise, you might find out that even around here in East Tennessee, where we got a good number of rednecks, where we just... Do a lot of crazy redneck stuff. Or you uh, lefties from up north probably expect we're racist and homophobic and all that other phobophobics. You might be surprised to find out that most of us just say, your business is your business, friend. Uh, you leave me to mine, I'll leave you to yours. Don't make it mine, I won't make mine yours and everything will be good. You know that old idea of live and let live? Yeah, we live that around here. And as long as you'll let us, we will. So stigma, that's not something that I feel like is part of the daily reality in this part of the country. The problem is, when it comes right down to it, a lot of leftists actually are all the things that they claim us conservatives are. That's why they can't believe that we're not. But yeah, in this case, if you're going to say stigma and discrimination can be as dangerous as any virus, I'm going to say I think Ebola is probably more dangerous than being discriminated against. Now, obviously, it depends to what level of discrimination. If you're uh, saying that uh, you got a a group of Klansmen out here trying to uh, commit a lynching, well, that's a little different. But again, let's stop arguing the outside fringes and let's uh, argue the regular expected reality in day-to-day life, shall we? Not so much. Lying for the purposes of being politically correct is way more dangerous than the stigma and discrimination. That's, I think, a pretty fundamental point that most folks could agree with. Obviously not leftists, but most people. Anyway. The director continued by saying, So we call on all social media platforms, tech companies, and news organizations to work with us to prevent and counter harmful information. So what exactly constitutes harmful information in this case, sir? I mean, that's really the bottom line here. If somebody's going around saying, you don't have to worry about the monkeypox unless you're a homosexual guy, That's not 100% accurate, but it's a mostly accurate statement. That's not really misinformation. Uh, Technically, it could be considered disinformation because, as the Facebook fact checkers would like to say, it's missing some context. But for a general sweeping statement where you expect that there should be some level of exception, it's a fairly accurate statement. The only real question at this point is, what's actually driving this to be a global phenomenon? Because we know that monkeypox has been around in Africa for a while now, and it very rarely manages to breach the uh, continental uh, borders there. It's not often you see monkeypox pop up anywhere in Europe. And to the best of my knowledge... This may actually be the first time we've seen monkeypox in the United States. I'd have to look back to double check. I haven't done that. Shame on me. Bad host him. Sorry. But is that the case? Is that really what we're seeing? Is this the first time monkey pops in? And if all that's true, even if it's not true, if that's not completely accurate, we certainly haven't seen it in any significant numbers. And we've certainly not had the WHO telling us, oh, no, it's a global concern. We haven't gotten that before. So what's driving this expansion? And that's what's right for me once again to grab uh, hold of my tinfoil hat over here, put it on and say, well cuz somebody's spreading it on purpose cuz they want to spread fear. They liked how we reacted to the uh, to the covid there to start with. They liked how that uh that virus with the 19 number attached to it. They liked how folks just locked down and got in their place and how just a few people were like I can't afford this. I'm going to have to go to work. I'm going to have to open my business up. I've got to make money. i got bills I have to pay, and i got employees that are counting on their checks. They like the fact that there was only a few folks that did that, at least at first. So, again, I circle back around. What qualifies as harmful information? And I like the fact that he did say they want to counter- harmful information. He didn't use those little uh, catchphrases of misinformation or disinformation. Now it's just information that might be harmful. Meaning it's actually information but he wants to counter that too. Uh, and slip perhaps? I don't know. But I would still like to know how you're defining harmful information in a case like this. I think I've got an idea. But hey, if we're going to see the social media platforms play along, then I guess we kind of need to know, right? Because some of us don't want our channels to be canceled. And some of us don't care. Some of us don't want it. The New York City Department of Health recently wrote a letter to uh, the director of the WHO saying that the city has once again found itself at the epicenter of a contagious disease after it surpassed a thousand confirmed cases. Because a lot of the people traveling from Europe have had it.
3: And
0: they, they came into New York. The department also expressed worry about the effect the name monkeypox can have on vulnerable communities. giving the stigma that it may engender. And the painful racist history within such terminology like this. It's rooted for communities of color. What? Monkeypox? Let's be honest, in this case, they're not talking about people of color. They're talking about people of one specific color. They're talking about black Americans. And the fact that they instantly go to, well, monkeypox might sound like we're talking about black folks, kind of sounds like they're the ones with that racist idea popping inside their head. When I hear monkeypox, I'm thinking, why on earth were we not satisfied with chickenpox? I mean, certainly, that's the first thing that pops into my mind every time I hear about monkeypox. I rarely even, because I'm not overly concerned about it, because I don't typically fall into the area where I have to worry about the most common vectors of transmission. I I rarely even associate it. I have to literally stop and think about it before I even associate men who have sex with men uh, (laughs) with with this, because we I don't talk about the transmission when I'm thinking about it. I'm here talking to you because it's the topic of the day. But it should be disconcerting to you that somebody who heads up a world organization of any kind expects social media platforms and news outlets to get on board and to let them dictate to them what is allowed to be said about anything. That's the big move here. But around the edges, it's kind of sounding like some of these folks, especially in New York, they're supposed to be advocating for people of color, but it sounds like they're the ones that are really racist. And maybe it's because I'm not. That it just doesn't occur to me that if I use the word monkey about anything, I, at no point in time am I making a connection to, to anything remotely racist, and if that's something that affects you, if that's something that you've had happen to you in your life, then I'm sorry you've had to go through that. I truly am, but I hope you haven't slipped into the point of thinking like evidently these folks do, that anytime somebody says the word monkey that they're talking about you, because if I'm talking about a monkey, it's a monkey that I'm talking about. It's not a person. Like I said, I don't typically speak in code. Which is why I don't want to talk in code to try to avoid the algorithms. I don't often pick up on such code unless somebody does a little wink or nod or something. But when I hear a leftist saying this kind of stuff, I do kind of get that they enjoy talking in code. Because they want to believe, they want you to believe, that they're your ally. When in truth, they're the ones that keep most of this stuff stirred up. Anyway, that's going to have to be it. That's two hours, guys. I've I've given you all I'm going to give you today, and I hope that's enough. Bonus material for the folks at The Last Frequency and for uh, the podcast listeners. Uh, Sorry, radio listeners. Uh, Don't forget to, to visit uh the website tap into the check out patriotmusic.com go pick up a copy of aj rice's book the walking dead if you haven't already or go sign up over at locals if you want an extra chance to win a free copy um guess that's got it don't take my word for it definitely don't take their word for it be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And in the meanwhile, stay safe out there if you can, stay healthy if you can, and, uh, you know, be smart, even if it goes against your nature. And uh, speaking of folks that being smarts against their nature, this is Tim Tap.
2: using